dead. <laughs> if California does break off into the ocean, this song, this song, out of all the songs about Los Angeles, this song is its funeral song. Yeah, I disagree. It's not joyous enough. And that's what makes James a bad person. <laughs> this is High Decibels. Live music recaps in New York City and beyond. Hey, you people, you're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love in New York City venues and beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia. And I'm James. And this song is I'll Forget You by Peter Bradley Adams, who we saw at Rockwood Music Hall Stage 2 on Monday, February 17th, my brother's birthday, shout out Joe, and who we'll be talking about today. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod for clips, picks, discussions, and more. Also, follow and subscribe on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Rate and review on Apple Pod would be phenomenal because uh, we can start seeing some stats on, on that particular platform. Um, but also, if you could just follow us on anything uh, they, where you could find us, and please share us amongst your friends if you have anybody in your friend group or maybe a cousin who might be interested in this, or if you just think we're pleasant and your parents want to hear us swear and talk about rock music. We we'll also have a Facebook page now. Add, oh, yeah. add that to the, uh, That's the a good list point. there. Yeah, let's include so, that one. I forgot about that. That's brand new. Yep, we uh, we put up a Facebook page just to sort of like centralize everything, you know, especially after our interview with uh, Mr. Luke Jenner. It just kind of helped in terms of uh, sharing and, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, anyway, uh, as always, we offer the opportunity to executive produce an episode. Uh, the essence of that is that... Uh, you pick up the tickets for a show, and then we will recap the show, any show you want in the tri-state area, and just as we do for any other episode. But the difference is, is you're kind of telling us where to go. And uh, if you are at that show, you're more than welcome to guest on our episode, be it live or remotely, or we can just read off your thoughts, or you don't have to do it at all if you just want to hear us talk. Maybe you're not even in the area, and... Uh, just find the idea of going to a show in New York City to be uh, fascinating, but it'll never happen. F- uh, how sad for you. Uh, but anyway, we're, but here, we can. we're here to fill in the gaps for you. And then, you know, in an added thing here, just to sort of like um, on the heels of uh, something that I talked about the last time, you know, I had mentioned something about uh, and how I feel, you know, personally. Uh, how people who really have passion have something to say uh, is very energizing for me. It's not draining. So that being said, you know, if you're an artist and you would like us to check out your show, like reach out to us. Uh, you know, we may recap it. We may not just depending on schedules and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But, you know, we could do like an interview, like a special thing, you know, for yeah. digging your music and you're digging us. Yeah. You know, we're, we're happy to interview and ask you about your process, ask you about your music and that sort of thing. That is definitely on the table. Just reach out, 
again, highdecibelspodcast at gmail.com or uh, slide into our DMs at highdecibelspod on uh, Instagram or message us on Facebook, highdecibelspodcast. Okay, so you guys, uh, this show was um, probably the most low-key show that we have done. Mm. And I say we because the most low-key show that I have done on this podcast would by far be Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein. I don't think anything (laughs) is going to be quite like like that you wouldn't even move to that so it'll be a, a an, an interesting one a little bit different from what we've done in the past but before that uh we have a little bit of like you know personal music news uh from over the weekend so uh saturday night uh we went to union pool to mm. see a show i've been to union pool before to drink that's a venue in williamsburg it's called that because it used to be like an old pool store and uh, we went to see The Values, who we talked about in episode 25. They opened up for uh, Strange, The Living Strange. And um, we liked them so much, uh, and they were so nice, uh, you know, on, on social media and that sort of thing. You know, a little goes a long way, guys, because I was like, if I wasn't already sold on them because I enjoyed the music, which if you listen to the episode, you, you get a sense did. of that. Yep. Uh, I really like them as people. And uh, so, yeah, so we, we went to the show. We went to see them. And uh, we were a little bit late, so we did miss the the first act. But we managed to catch a band called London Plain, who are uh, very interesting, sort of like, you know, the, uh, they were very 80s to us, uh, mm. the, a darker um, side of the 80s, I guess. Like I, I'm imagining sort of like New Wave, that kind of thing, or some of Bowie's darker songs. They sort of joked Didn't around that sort of ones. the uh, lead singer sort of looked like uh, David Bowie if he had like the lady Snapchat filter or maybe David Bowie and Jodie Foster's love child. I'm not entirely sure. Um, they're very they're very entertaining to watch. The, uh, the lead singer especially has a lot of charisma. Uh, I, I would say all the band does in, in one way or another, mm. but she's certainly a standout. And uh, their music is just sort of reminiscent to me of sort of um, maybe like new rom- nah, new romantic, I don't know, more in style than in sound. But I would say like uh, new wave or even a little bit gothy and, and, and synthy. They've got some really cool synth stuff in there. But very much an 80s band wearing that on their sleeve kind of thing. You know, I wish I had kind of taken like a couple of notes on them. Um, I didn't do that. But, you know, that's that's the essence of it. And then, of course, we caught the values, uh, which, again, did the uh, forced participation. <laughs> Try that again. Did the forced audience participation dance that I absolutely love to mm. their song Civil. Um it was. It's always so entertaining to me the people that just can't hang and filter out. And be like, I can't do four steps forward and four steps back. It's not possible. Yeah, and it's particularly I'm like, That's rough. That's fine. If they then were you like, don't belong here. Yeah, it's particularly rough if they're towards the front, especially because then this one guy was like ahead of us, and we were sort of in the back of the dancing group that mm. was willing to do it. And this guy had to barrel past us, and he's trying to get past me. And I'm like, frankly, I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm participating. You can go around me. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna stop for you. But I love that they make everyone do it because. Really, truly, if you aren't if you aren't a part of this uh, this uh, dance, for lack of a better way of putting it, that they make everyone do, which is pretty darn simple, I will say, uh, you can't be in the space. Yeah, you you're, you're going to have to move. You can't <laughs> be there. And I love that because it's just it's like uh, it just kind of filters things out um, to who, who can really party and be coordinated. And uh, so, yeah, um, they put on a great show. They played that cover of I Think We're Alone Now that I love. Um, And tons of energy. 
And we talked to uh, the lead singer Mason, Mason. afterwards mm-hmm. and uh, picked up a couple of T-shirts that are really rad. And there's a picture of James wearing one. Rapping. When, when we did uh, Applejack flights the yep. next day in the middle Good of the stuff. day. I love guys, Industry City. Industry City, man. There's a bar Free that's ad. like, Shout that's out like a ginger City. bar, but they do flights of like thing yeah for like 20 bucks too it's like that's a steal and you just get steal. just enough drunk you don't get like sloppy and they come with little cards that that give you like it's like information about it so it's like yeah we spent our sunday learning and i discovered what my uh new favorite i did the uh i elected to do the maple honey uh whiskey flight none of this has anything to do with music and i really don't give a shit yeah uh <laughs> and it is called the new york honey rye whiskey out of catskill provisions distillery you guys, it's really good. It's like it smells like mi- mixed nuts. Yeah. Oh, oh, and, and speaking of mixed nuts, we uh, introduced one of our friends to uh, Jambalini's sack lunch bunch. Oh, yeah, that was a and, great uh, time. Grandma's got a boyfriend. Oh, And his my name God. is Paul, and he eats all the cashews. And that, was, that was a relatable song to me, too. <laughs> yeah. Our, yeah our, by the way, if you haven't seen that, it's hysterical. It's, one it's of the funniest so fun. Talk about, yeah, live. talk about, I would love to see that show fucking live. That would oh, be a great God. podcast Especially. episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, our friend Tony was with us, and uh, we all had a uh, you know other than the uh, blast of farts that happened. Yeah, disgusting. <laughs> with some animal like it was, it was truly the worst Jesus. of my in and my just, life. It but coming, I, it wasn't me. Lingering. I'm saying it was like somebody else, and it just lingered for literally minutes. Um, but other than that, it was a uh, it was a really great fucking time. So after that was Occupado, Occupado which yeah. was a was a cool band. I, I I couldn't exactly pin them down, but like uh, there was definitely a very nineties vibe. A hundred percent. Like a points that were like, oh, you like the Pixies? Oh, you like Sublime a lot? Ooh, okay, that's pretty grungy there. You know what I mean? I think uh, I cracked the joke that it was sort of like the the throwback night because. Uh, London Plain was very like 80s rock. Uh, the values wear being an 80s synth pop band right on their sleeves, just what they are. And then these guys come up and are like, okay, you guys are like a 90s band. You're like a bunch of 30-year-olds that didn't get to have a band in the 90s and said, ah, I want to do that now. Or you maybe know? they did have a band yeah, and then they like going. stopped the band and now the kids are old enough to where they can like yeah, do try, the band try it again. again. But honestly, I enjoyed them. And uh, then there was another band that we did not catch uh, that was called, oh, goddamn, what was the name of it? Uh, like, B.O. B- Boomvang. We'll catch you guys next time. Met yeah, a couple, we'll, we'll keep an eye on Met a him. couple of, uh, of members of that band that were real nice to us. So uh, overall, yeah, it was a good Saturday night, uh, a heavily musical Saturday night. Rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And then so we get to Sunday. And, uh, you know, uh, later on in the day after having – gone out for like a for a brunch and wearing my value shirt trying to give them a, a bit of a, a rep there we were just sort of texting in our friend group and we're like all right well all of us have monday off so you know let's do something low-key tonight but still co- come out and hang out and so what's our personal spot for doing that union hall good old union hall i mean that place uh, absolutely was like one of the first one of my first loves when i moved out here to brooklyn was i discovered union hall and i've been going back ever since uh, it's so, become sort of like a cheers. Yeah, and we can't recommend that place because like, at this point, I know like a bunch of the bartenders right, and stuff. Right, right, and like they've done nice stuff for us. And you they know? know me. Yeah, that's the right. thing. It's not just you know the bartender. Yeah, when the bartender knows you. Right, because we've been there so much over the last. Not because you're years. a drunk, but oh. because of like some sort of meaningful connection. Right, that's the best. Right, 
So anyway, so we're there hanging out at good old Union Hall. And, uh, you know, I'm wearing uh, over the value shirt is the same sweater that I'm wearing in that picture. Uh, this band called Wild Adriatic. Shout out Wild Adriatic. I've been, you know, following them since college. They were sort of new up in uh, the uh, Capital District area, which is where I went to college out by Albany. What up, Siena College? Uh, don't worry, I've never heard of it either. Uh, so anyway, I started to follow them while I was up there. And, and, you know, now ever since I've moved out here to Brooklyn, anytime they come out here, I like to catch shows from them. I've dragged you out to their shows. What is your opinion hardly, on Wild Adriatic? I was hardly dragged. Uh-huh. Oh, I had a great time. Right. So you understand I why band. I like to go to go out with them so much. And I had a bunch of their T-shirts. I have that sweater that I've had for a couple of years, and I like to throw that on We've when I We've hung out with them. We have hung out with One them. One of the yeah. girlfriends gave me earrings. It's, yeah, I right. I still have them. They're so, wine corks. So anyway, uh, one time I went to see them, and they were opening for this other band. And if Wild Adriatic is opening for somebody, nine times out of ten I'll still go because I always end up really liking the band that they're opening for. So I go to see them. This is uh, last year, I think, ooh, Man, sometime in the fall. I don't remember the exact month. But anyway, uh, we go to, to see them play, and uh, they're opening for this band, Andy Frasco in the UN. Uh, I didn't really know who Andy Frasco was. I did a little bit of research. I, I kind of wanted to come in fresh and sort of, you know me, I like to I do, like to experience a band for the first do time. Do these two know? bands know each other pretty well? Are they pretty well acquainted? I would say enough that, because they toured for a while. Um, okay. They toured for a good amount. And so Andy, Andy Frasco in the UN is one of those groups where it's like, kind of like when we saw Kishibashi, where it's, it's the Andy Frasco is like the front man and there's sort of a rotating cast behind them. So during when I saw them and for a good chunk of that tour, I'm assuming uh, Richie, the bassist for Wild Adriatic, was playing bass oh, with right, that band. Right. You told me that. So they know they clearly know each other well enough that they were willing to do that. Uh, but anyway, Andy Frasco is from L.A. and, uh, you know, is sort of big like one of his his two signatures is that he's a big, big Lakers guy. So he's nine times out of ten, half the time wearing a Lakers jersey. And he's a tall dude with a big Jufro. And who? What just happens to walk into Union Hall as we're all hanging out there? But this tall guy in a Lakers jersey and a big fro. And I'm looking over, like we're standing back in the smoking section, hanging out with a bunch of the bartenders back there. And I think I'm the only one that notices him. I look over and I kind of do a double take. And you and our friend Judah are standing in front of me talking. And I don't think I said a word for like two minutes till somebody turns to me and goes, "What's what's up? What's going on?" I'm like, "Dude, that's Andy Frasco." And of course, everybody's like, who? Because I'm the only idiot that knows who Andy Frasco is. I'm like, that's. But I recognize I the name because you just guy. talked about him right, the because, day before. Because that, uh, that Saturday night, he was doing a show at Brooklyn Bowl. Right, you said that. And, uh, you know, I kind of wasn't able to get tickets to it, but I kind of really wanted to because he's been doing this tour right now that's sort of like WWE themed. And uh, while I'm not down for that, it is neat that. I it's, am so down it's, for that. It's like a battle of the bands kind of thing, basically. Where oh they're my all God, wait, are there like yeah. mats he, and stuff? I don't really know. The thing is, is like he puts on a really really wild show his show the one show that i that i saw him is up there with some of the matt and kim shows i've been to that sounds that's how that's how wild his show is um and so like something like this where it's got the wwe theme it's got to be bananas but you know that sold out pretty quick i had a hard time getting tickets and you know i wasn't able to go plus we had already agreed to go hang out the values anyway so you know i was gonna i was gonna say no i'm gonna go to this instead that would have been rude but uh it was just so crazy that you know, so I, see the the universe thanked you yeah. for sticking to your commitments. Yeah, and instead I got to you know briefly meet him, actually and take a picture with the guy. Yeah, but here's what happened so, was like you were like so nervous. I was like, go talk to him. You're like, I will, I will. I, will. I was like, I go, just talk to him. go talk to you him. Go talk to him. But then what happened was our friend Najud was like. Oh, hold my drink. I have to go to the bathroom. And she was gone forever. And, be, and you went from, I will, I will. I'm getting there and getting there. Like, what the fuck is this? Get, 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 get,
I know, I know. Yeah, I, you, I you, psyched myself you out. From I'm not like, wanting, I just, I just being wanted, scared I, to do it, to no, you no, could no. not wait for her to come back and I just take needed, her. Damn I wasn't drink. scared to do it. I just needed a couple minutes. I just. Needed but isn't a couple it funny? Minutes. It's like the second the opportunity is taken yeah. away from you, because like, well, you can't do it now. Yeah. Now you can't do it until just, she comes back, and she was taking forever. Yeah, I just didn't want to ambush the guy the second he walked in. You know what I mean? But I could. So I forget. I think we just took her drink with us. Because no, we just left it next to one of the bartenders. Oh right, that's right. Because like at a certain point, like the hell with. Let's go over. And so, so and so the crazy thing, I just found it very, very funny that I just so happens to be wearing the sweater of the very band that I came to see the day that I had first seen him. And, you know, just who just so happens to walk into this bar. So anyway, we posted that on the Instagram. Because, yeah, you were thrilled. And, and what was your exchange with him? I couldn't really hear. Oh, I was pretty. I just like walked up to him and it's like, again, so I was wearing the sweater for yeah. Wild Adriatic already. So I just go like. It's clearly like nobody else in the bar knew who knew who he was. Yeah. With him. Although he pointed out to one of the guys uh, that is playing with him now that I have seen play with Wild Adriatic as a, I believe, a, a trumpet player. But okay. I get to chat with that guy too much. But anyway, so I walked up to him. And it's like I'm wearing this sweater. And, and I go, hey, man, like, I saw you play last year when these guys were opening for him. Pointed the logo on my chest. And he's like, oh, oh, cool. He's like, yeah, of course, I remember those guys. And, you know, he's like, take a, you know, ask for a picture. And he basically said, like, yeah, it's like, I don't know, send that to Mateo, the drummer, who's the drummer from Wild Adriatic. And, like, you know, that's that's kind of neat that we ran into each other. And, you know, it was simple like that. I don't want to bother the guy. I don't want to be like, now let's hang out and drink together. I just kind of wanted to say hi. like let Shots! Know, yeah, like, let her know how cool it was that, it, you know, he just happened to walk into the same bar that I'm hanging out at, you know? It's always cool to meet musicians that you admire. And we got to do it twice. Twice, you know. How was your weekend? Yeah. Um, What's going on? All right. So uh, my hair right now is like driving me. I have like Harry Styles hair where it's just kind of flipping wherever it wants. I don't know. It's driving me crazy. Um, anyway, so uh, let's talk about the show we were at. Uh, the show was at Rockwood Music Hall. And um, this spot is in the, I guess it's like, I mean, Lower East Side. It's mm. right on the border of the East Village and Lower East, which is like Houston is dividing lines. Yeah. So I guess it's Lower East technically, right, right. but it's really just like really close to the uh, F Train Second um, Avenue subway. Mm. It's just near a ton of stuff. This used to be not that this area isn't hopping now, but the, this used to be like the quote, yeah, quote unquote go, indie yeah. rock like area sure. that you went to before sort of Brooklyn sort of took over and had all the has all the good venues or the best venues in my opinion now. Yeah, so. Uh, Rockwood is divided into three stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, one and uh, one and two have totally separate entrances. It's kind of a low slung building, mm-hmm. and then there's that third stage, and I think that's in the back. Believe honestly, I've never been to the third. We've stage. never been, yeah, but the but the main stage is it's, stage two. So I saw a bit of info on this. You know, it opened about 15 years ago, and it started up as the the single stage in stage one, I believe. So it started at stage one, and then it expanded out to the other two. Uh, later on over the last couple of years, which I didn't quite, I didn't actually know that until, until looking it up a bit for this uh, section here. We've been, uh, we've both been to it uh, a number of times, times yeah. uh, including my friend Paul, Paul Sforza. Check him out Paul? at Paul Sforza Music. What's mm. up, Paul? And, uh, you know, some other bands that I've been into. Um, I, we, I saw uh, Upstate there, which mm. we have covered, but we've never actually I've talked about Stella this Young venue on the podcast. To, to another band along the lines of Wild Adriatic, who right. uh, I knew in college. They're really and, fun. Yeah, good. good so good for Stellar Young, it was like definitely a more uh, rockish show, more sure. upbeat. And so, you know, everything was cleared out. But for this show, being a, a more quiet, um, uh, 
folksy. subdued show yeah. and something that's like you know people just more chill they, they had like the chairs up the front of the stage and whatnot which was fine uh you walk in and uh you know the drink prices are pretty reasonable there's no check-in process to speak yeah. of in terms of searching your bags they don't even bother with any of that crap you uh, can almost always buy tickets at the door. Yeah, $10. you can buy tickets at the door. Uh, $10 for stage two and three, and it's totally free in stage one. Yeah. So it's a nice little, like, if you just want to go and catch some live music, go to stage one for free, or live a little and throw down $10 for stage two or three. Uh, so far sounds, which we've been to before, uh, oftentimes, you know, those those are, are, are low-key acts. And then I'll talk to them and ask them what their shows are, and they'll say Rockwood. Rockwood, sure. You know, Rockwood is... I've seen um, Living Strange there, you know. It's just usually... Living Strange played Rockwood? They did, stage one. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah stage one. Wow. He had, like, an electric acoustic. Because you see... Okay, so you guys, I was, like, saying, like, folksy and low-key, but apparently not necessarily. Apparently, you can see a band that, just, like, really Yeah, rocks. just about. I mean, but so, here's the thing. The other bands that were playing that night, were, we're low key, much more low key than the Living Strange. I would I say like know. Rockwood tends to like air on the side of like, um, you know, folk singer songwriter, singer songwriter. Yeah. You know, sometimes you'll have someone who's a bit jazzy, right? Um, you'll but they, get they will do rock indie stuff. You know, like yeah. Stellar Young. I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty rock there. Yeah. So. Um, you know, it runs the gamut, but like, you know, sort of count on something that's a little bit uh, more low key, but it's like a great spot to just hang out. It's like a great date spot, like, sure. even if you don't even know who it is, because it's like, you know, like where James and I sat, we were, it was a perfect spot. It was like a little nook, like right across, like the way it was set up was the piano was on the left hand of the stage as you're facing it. And then the two mics for, uh, you know, vocals and guitar. And we were sitting like right across from the piano so that we could see. We yeah. had a great sight line and it was like two little bar stools. You know what I'm saying? It was mm. like perfect because it didn't feel like like a chair can sometimes feel confining if you think you might want to move around a little bit. And a bar stool is kind of like an either or situation and it has this like a little nook. It's just like really it's small and simple. It's laid out. They have a, an upper level where you can mm. watch the show if you just want to like chill and, and sit at a table. It's really mm. great. Um, the bathroom is weird. There's like a chair that faces the toilet. Yeah, it's super bizarre. <laughs> in one of them. Yeah, and there's just two I ones tucked in the tucked in the back corner behind the bar there. Uh, really easy to get to. Stage one has like a small one back in the corner there. I don't know. It's really no frills. Like, Was your uh, interaction with the bartender friendly? Um, uh, he, you know, he could have, uh, been a little more attentive and granted mm -hmm. he could have used a bit of help and this yeah. was like an earlier show. So maybe somebody else was coming, but yeah, he was a little, uh, but I've been there and the bartenders were lovely. So standard pricing. Yes. Okay. Um, e e even a little bit cheaper. Yeah. You know? And I will say like, uh, you know, the lights are nothing to really speak of. It's because this, again, this is like a very basic sort mm -hmm. of like oftentimes um, singer songwriter a type of venue oh I know what I was gonna say sometimes you might get like some alt country or bluegrass as well I've seen that there but you know it tends to be lighter stuff but uh, but I will say at least every show that I've been there um, and and uh, including the one that we were at tonight the sound was very well done for sure and maybe it is easier in a smaller space but could they could also really screw it up like we went to Venus and furs and no one gave a crap about the right, sound right. there it was all sorts of a mess but the sound here was very on point very well done um and then we did actually run into like 
the 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 lighting guy and he mm. seemed to be a very attentive gentleman so maybe he was doing the sound too mm. i think it oftentimes just depends on like who is you yeah know, how much they the care and, or, or and or how experienced they are right so okay so guys um there's no opener for this show it's like they just um we just showed up like i had whatever like a bunch of obligations or whatever so there was just no showing up early uh so we showed up you know pretty much on time for peter bradley adams we didn't stay beyond him we probably could have and yeah. we could have gotten away with it but we were real hungry yeah um so this was uh for people that don't know it started at 7 30 yeah this yeah. was a 7 30 show nope. right so that covers the venue um don't even bother driving into the lorry side you're crazy no. just no, you're just take insane. public transit um so okay uh so Peter Bradley Adams, uh, why don't you uh, give an overview of him? Uh, okay, so a bit of uh, now you know him very well. So I'm coming into this blind. I do a bit of my research on him. Uh, I guess we should mention this was a pod where Mar found somebody and she's like, I genuinely know and like this guy. Let's go check him out. We also haven't talked R- uh, Rockwood yet. So I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. And we haven't really done this genre. I don't yeah. think the Mountain Goats counts because that's a little bit more rocky. Yeah, we've done like folksy stuff, but this is like this full blown. This is like the fucking yeah. folkiest this of is folk just, that we have done. Right. So this is full blown. <laughs> uh, Peter Bradley Adams, full blown folksy Americana singer songwriter type from Birmingham, Alabama originally. But he mentioned throughout the night. That he had spent plenty of time in New York City and he had spent a bunch of time in Nashville, um, which totally makes sense for this for this genre. Um, and also, it was kind of nice as he mentioned Rockwood was like pretty important to him. He's like, I've, I've debuted a lot of songs here, so yeah. I mean, that's that's what I have for him. You you know him a bit better, so if you want to say your thoughts on him before we get into the actual show. Oh well, just overall, I'm not exactly sure how I discovered him, but I suspect it had something to do with Spotify. Or I was yeah. listening to Pandora before that. It might have been Pandora. I mean, it's like I looked at his Spotify. He does have like a million monthly listeners, and some of his songs have over sixty something million, you know, listens. So he's clearly got a backing. Yeah, his songs are really beautiful. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll get more into, you know, my specific thoughts on individual songs and that sort of thing. But the overview here uh, with Peter Bradley Adams is this man is he's a fuck. He's a goddamn poet is what he is. He is a fantastic lyricist. Like he's really up there. Um, I'm trying to think of who currently has lyrics that sort of punch me like his do and i'm not really thinking of anyone right now oh kishiboshi's are pretty good posthumous forgiveness (laughs) i don't know that one chokes me up a bit really yeah okay we're just gonna say it he's gorgeous (laughs) and uh so you know shouldn't matter but it helps but it helps and so you have this gorgeous man like a rugged man who looks like he works with his hand. Well, he does work with his yeah, hands. Yeah, I guess so. Technically. <laughs> it's like a goddamn carpenter. And he sings these sensitive lyrics, but in this restrained, stoic way. He is the perfect combination of sensitivity and sensitive and stoic masculinity, I would say. And. Um, so Marley is a big fan. Oh my God! It's I'll, so perfect because when, it's just like good, he kind of shows you a little bit of himself, but then yeah. he like closes the door and you're like, wait. Yeah, you know, don't let me forget to door. read the blur a bit of the blurb on his website because I think you'll you'll get a kick out of it once you're done with your thoughts. I guess what it is is that his lyrics are so poetic and romantic, and not necessarily when I say romantic, not always in like the couple sense. Sometimes in the couple sense, often, but also in the just sort of like romanticizing 
a lot of situations you know what i'm saying mm. and um and and to have that come from a very like manly man um showing you a little bit of motion but like you want more but he doesn't give it it's like mm, you know um it's uh that's why Mark, I, I Mark's like got him a lot. pretty hard man crush basically. so the f- so the first time i saw him well actually the only other time i've seen him was at joe's pub uh which is a pretty well-known venue and i don't know what the fuck the table in front of me was doing there if they just like let's got a dead pad uh, or if they were actually their scene because they talked to the whole damn set and totally ruined it for me. I had to like literally like be a Karen and call a waiter over mm-hmm. to, to, to silence them. So I was really excited because I knew Rockwood wouldn't be like that. I knew people would be really respectful. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've been a fan of his for a long time. What is this blurb that you're talking about? So he goes, no matter the form, when it comes to art, there are a number of different tacks to take or tracks to take, sorry. Some artists continually push their work across new horizons. Neil Young, Leonardo, yeah, Neil Young, Leonardo da Vinci, and Joni Mitchell come to mind in that regard. Others, Claude Monet, Jason Isbell, and Bonnie Raitt—I don't know who that is—among them, uh, stand a bit more still in order to continually refine the capturing of their vision. Singer-songwriter Peter Bradley Adams falls into the latter category of perfectionists chasing their own perfection. So I need to go change my pants. No, but seriously, though, it's funny that you say that because and, and this whole standing still thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm, we'll get to that. Yeah. It's like this is no Joe Cocker. Okay? Right. Right. But we'll get to that. Um, anyway, so Peter comes out onto the stage. Uh, he's grown his hair a bit since the last time I saw him. And, you know, your thoughts. Uh Oh, he's foxy, and you know it. <laughs> you know that he's foxy. Well, I mean, from the last time you saw him, did, do you like the longer hair now? Or? Oh, he looks great both ways. Uh-huh. You know how some no, guys come on. can just... Which one's better, though? <sighs> okay, if I'm being really honest, maybe one's a little bit shorter. Mm. But listen, he can rock now, the now long he's got, hair. Now he's got the rugged look. It's like it was like Ryan Gosling for me. It's just like you can wear any hairstyle, and it looks good. Or like Brad Pitt, but, you know... Less of an asshole. 20 years ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's, he's, um, stunning and I'm sure it hasn't hurt his career. Uh, anyway, he's such a babe. Okay. So, um, we're going to be, ta- <laughs> we're going to be talking lyrics a lot, or at least I am. You're going to, yeah. Uh, like literally every song, like to the point where you guys, there is no set list on setlist.fm. I figured out the entire set list and I have literally pulled up every single lyrics page for every single song to refer to My God. because I love the things he says. So he comes in, right? Um, and he is with a, uh, another guy who is sort of an opposite of him, you know, a smaller slider build, a little bit nerdy looking. Um, his name is Anthony DaCosta. We mm. found out. And I will say, you know, from, from the get go, what I really got from, uh, Peter and the first song was uh, The Mighty Storm by the way uh, Peter has a very commanding presence uh, which is suited well for that sort of outlaw type folk like that sort of mm. like I'm a rebel and I'm going to do it my way but in this again understated sort of restrained way and uh, Anthony DaCosta is a good balance for him because he harmonizes with Peter and he never once over 
out he never upstages Peter. Mm. He never outshines him. He isn't in the background either. He has his own sort of vibe that he puts forward. So it's just the perfect amount of vocals in terms of what he puts forward. And he is a solid guitar player as well, but again, he does not outshine uh, Peter. So I was noticing a good balance there, like from the get. Well, I thought he was a better guitar player than Peter. Oh well, yes, but he okay. So he was given his moments to shine. Right. Soloing. Well, th- granted, Peter was mostly like handling uh, like rhythm sections and mm-hmm. everything like that. All absolutely, and and as far as that, you know, the arpeggios and everything that goes along with being a folks singer songwriter playing an acoustic mm-hmm. with that that still takes a ton of talent but i'd argue anthony DeCosta, i think is a much better guitarist i would say he's a better guitar player but i would say as a whole he did not upstage no, peter's right. act and, and i wanted to I, I was gonna save it for a bit but i might as well say it now cats out of the bag like as far as being an accompaniment and actually like i looked up anthony DeCosta a little bit uh by the way 28 year old singer songwriter from right here in the bronx was sort of based out of nashville um, who's been quite successful himself and won a lot of of awards as a folk artist, you know, especially him. last couple years. Um, so, like, clearly, this is just like, uh, you know, I I agree to help my friend, you know, play some of his music right now, kind of thing. He's a, quite a talented and accomplished artist in in and of his own right. Um, but what I wanted to say is, a lot of people could have got, watched that show and seen what it's like to be the accompaniment, not be the front man, and still like have a personality. You know what I mean? We've talked about it on this very podcast. Usually a lot of opening bands have, or opening acts that are still getting their footing have some issues with this where it's like, yeah, okay, it's like the front man is chewing up the scenery and that's perfectly fine, but that doesn't mean you have to stand up there and look bored. Right. You know? We've talked about this. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or nervous or just like you can't, you know. No, he like, definitely has yeah, a personality, but it's like just enough. He knows exactly he, how to balance. He, he's enjoying himself and he's really really feeling every single note and he sort of puts his body into it all and as he's moving you know he kind of moves into it but it doesn't it doesn't distract but it, it but it's sort of uh it still says that it's like yeah this is still like I, I love doing this like this this moves me that i'm making this music right now you know have you I mean? been on anthony's spotify at all yet i have not you should go on to spotify and you like and put him on the openers playlist because it kind of counts kind we of we can count that yeah okay i don't mind I that would, actually i would see idea. i would see anthony DaCosta live i'm curious yeah, about, we'll, we'll bend the rules him. a little bit for that. Um, so, yeah, so I was feeling that song, you know, this was, uh, you know, just like that sort of classic uh, Peter Bradley Adams folk sound, um, you know, good, good opener. He uh, moved into uh, Full Moon Song. This is what I call, and I know it sounds really stupid, but it's like what I call train songs because I don't know how else to put it. It's these songs with these intricate riffs that move really quickly that are sort of highlighted by more slowly sung vocals with a steady beat in the background. This had that quality to it where the lyrics are kind of slow and the guitar is moving fast and then you hear it like, doom, 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 doom. You know, it's yeah, like he had that, that cool foot pedal thing. So that, that was, was how they were doing the percussion. They were using their feet neat. on the floor yeah. sometimes, but a lot of the times yeah, they had foot he had, pedal. He had this real interesting job. foot pedal sort of uh, like electronic foot pedal down there that I'd never quite seen before, but it makes total sense for a folk artist like that. Absolutely. And then uh, to get into um, the lyrics here, which just like I remember turning to James um, while this was going on and I was like James like, come on he's like I want to live like a kid with holes in his boots I want to climb like a child in a tree I want to love like the man with nothing to lose I want to die with my heart out of my sleeve moved that is so beautiful that's good stuff coming from like such a stoic manly man that's good stuff especially 
oh my God, and it goes on. I'll forget about the years out on the run and dream of every woman I've ever loved. Because I know I was not the only guilty man, just the one who worked the blood on his hands. And tonight I'm going to find me a second chance. It's just, come on, you know? I mean, it's just like he's just pouring his heart out, but like in a way that's just like reserved. And it's just in, any really idea? hot. But I mean, no, it's like really, <laughs> really, um, what, I meant to say, what I meant to say is that it is such a, it is such an in, intriguing choice. Do you know what I'm saying? It's an attention grabber. The contrast between these heartfelt lyrics and this stoic presentation, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you for sure. I love that. Uh, so I'm hooked by now. And then he gets into a song called Good Man. And this is sort of like the kind of folk song you kind of bop along to. Um, I can't remember. Yeah, leaning more Americana than folks. Yeah. Like it's something like that. But um, here we go. I found it. Um, No, I lied. But basically, like, the the long and short of it is that it is uh, sort of a happy little tune, but I think it's kind of like about how to be a good man but still let a woman down or something to that to that effect. That's very folksy. Because he yeah. says something about taking her to the carnival and, like, he's got to let her down there and he doesn't know how to do it and, and this and that. But the thing is, he sings with such passion and just kind of, like, truly, like, I really want to be a good man as imperfect yeah. as I am, and it's all in his voice. His bo- like you said, like this. Yeah, it's uh, funny. This his body barely moved. Yeah, so he was like right. almost stopped. An- Anthony still. DeCasso was t- was taking the Anthony visuals. Is a mover. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, he moves his body, but right. but P- but Peter is really like. You know, he's, the word for it. Yeah, yeah. He's moving he's his, his feet. feet. He's hitting, right. you know, for the percussive element. Uh, but uh, in terms of like. You know, his body and his face, like, it really all comes out in his voice, and it's, like, very powerful. It sort of reminds me of, like, Patrick Stewart when he would Mm. be on Star Trek Next Generation. He would issue commands, and it was all in his face and his voice, and his body would be, like, stock still. Mm. It's very powerful. Um, We went to- nerd. So, what? <laughs> you nerd. You just pulled a Star Trek reference. No. I, I totally I get what you're of, saying, though. I, yeah. Listen, yeah. wine made me think of a wine bar. Uh, There's a wine bar in Park Slope, and that's where I saw Patrick Stewart. He lives, <laughs> lives around here. Um. Anyway, so uh, there was another song, Lorraine. Um, this song, to me, was... Um, I feel like I'm just going through... Do you have any impressions so far? Well, I'm adding one in. As you're going, yeah. I mean, honestly, so uh, I'm seeing a lot of range as I've been, you know, uh, while I was sitting there, I was listening to a lot of range. And I knew that this guy's decently prolific. He's got plenty of albums out, right? Mm-hmm. And so my question is, all the songs that, we, that we've listened to, are these recent ones? Are these new ones? Are these old ones? Like, oh, these are really, that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of all over the place. Right, I and haven't... I kind of could tell because of how different they all seemed while still fitting within his, his same sort of wheelhouse yeah right, right, right his sort of brand there so i could see that there was like an evolution well when i make uh when i make the set list for setlist.fm i will reference that. all of the yeah. albums and where the different songs came. but this was like you know lorraine was a, a a good one and again you know great lyrics Oh my God, I'm over the drifters and the outlaws and the gambles. I'm over the jokers, the crooks and the clowns. I'm over the losers and the talkers and the cowboys. So don't say you're over me now. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just like, ugh. 
it just like tells a story you know you're just imagining all these, like these cast of characters no. and these like you know shady people he yeah. used to hang out with so Lorraine was like bye and he was like that's why that's why that's I wish I could, I could get into folk more because I really like the, the storytelling story ass that's why I like Cold War Kids you know what I mean amongst other bands you remember like uh, Upstate like these right are they're, they're real good at it it's just like it's a little tough for me to really dig deep in some of the folksy sort of thing you know what I mean I like more yeah. energy I mean, well, okay, so it's funny that you say that because I have a note here about Lorraine. I was like, this one did feel like it could use, like, a little more aggression because it is – I understand that he is, like, naturally his delivery is reserved and stoic, but I mean, it's about pining for a woman who won't let him in. He Like, he literally talks about – like he's pounding on her door, you know, but that's a minor point. The lyrics do speak for themselves, but there is that sort of uh, yen in me for him to just push out a little bit more for mm -hmm. me. But as uh, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but they were really playing with the dynamics on the guitars oh, at this right, point, doing right. a lot of highs and lows. And that was this song. Yeah, if you remember that happening, one, yeah. this is where it was happening the most. And that really like kind of set the tone between the push and pull between him and this Lorraine character. Which is really brilliant songwriting, both mm -hmm. composition and lyric wise. I, I have to say I absolutely respect that, his ability to do that. It's almost intimidating how calm he remains, though, like a calm yeah. intensity. Like, oh, I like this. This is poetic of me. Like he's holding back a roar that we never get to hear. Wow, it's a good one. It's a solid one. You should be you, you should be happy with that one. And that makes me purr. <laughs> uh, you know okay. what? If we ever if we ever do Florence to the Machine, I gush about Florence for an hour. I'm gonna point to this episode and go, "You have no leg to stand on." I'll gush over Florence. <laughs> I'm down. Um, number uh, fifth song, "A Longer I Run." Um, okay, so. With this song, I will say, um, with the longer I run, let me just pull that one up. Yep, of all the lyrics. Now, I gotta be honest, this song does not blow my mind in terms of musical composition. Mm. It sounded like another song that he did that I like better. I can't remember which one it was. But again, lyrically superb. And this sure. is how he gets me. He gets me with his words and the story he tells. And he goes, and the lyrics here... Oh, my God. When my blood runs warm with the warm red wine, I miss the life that I left behind. When I hear the sound of the blackbirds cry, I know I left in the nick of time. And then my favorite line was like, um, selling my soul. The longer I run, the less I find selling my soul for a nickel and dime. I sound like a yeah. I was about to say I, that I was a, like that's Hank a bit Williams, of a cliche one, but but breaking my heart to keep singing these rhymes and losing again. You know, it's just like when you and, and I, I I can't say for sure because like this isn't my song. But if I were to, if he was to be like, it's open to interpretation, I'm open to interpreting it. And for me, it's like you're singing these songs and the idea of it a lot of the times is to deal with your pain creatively. And I've been in that space where it's like I'm singing this song and I want this to make me feel better. But it's like mm, I'm expressing not, myself, yeah. but it's not fixing the situation. And it's just like uh heartbreaking or maybe it has to do with him being on the road and like trying to get his songs out could and they just not yeah. stick into the wall it could be that too but um does he take you as the type i feel like a, a, since he's a bit of a perfectionist maybe he is the type that really wants you to like interpret it his way have you, I ever, don't know. Have you ever looked into that some uh, artists are more like yeah no this is what it's about than others 
Yeah, and you know what? I, I think probably there is a, a meaning to it just because he does flesh things out so much. I think it's just in this case, it's like I'm just not sure, and it just resonates with me in a specific way Sure. that may not necessarily be the intent of the song. I can see it having gone two different ways, but I think that the more a song resonates with you, the more you can find a sort of diverge, um, a meaning that sort of diverges potentially from the artist's original intent. Uh, but I don't think you'd care. Be like, does it affect you? You buy my records? Cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Uh, are you moved? Um, and I was. Okay, so uh, then we had I'll Forget You. This song, again, to me, is like very sort of Kenny Rogers. I can't even imagine Dolly Parton singing it. It just like smacks of like sort of like like late 60s, early 70s country to me. Yeah, um, the real classic stuff that's still actually kind of Yeah, good. it seems like classic country, but not like real old country, but like maybe 60s, early 70s, before before country got super processed, mm. which I think maybe started, it started to turn a bit in the late 70s, and in the 80s it was like super yeah. commercialized. But in the 70s even, there was still that sort of, you know, dusty, um, uh, rough around the edges type feel with it. And I feel like the song has this one. Um uh, let's see, what do I have here? These are the epitome of the blend of sensitive and stoic masculinity. I already said that. Um, okay. I like then, that you keep coming back to that. Yeah. Well, I wrote it like six times. Um, okay. So, then he got on the piano. Unfortunately, he only played one song on piano, which is a little bit of a bummer. But, thank God, he played my favorite song by him. And the song is called Los Angeles. It is my favorite. Um, I have used this song for auditions and no one ever knows what it is, which is perfect. It's a ballad. Um, this song is about basically having lived in Los Angeles, having had kind of a rough time there. Because like New York in its way, it will sort of like run you ragged if you're trying to like make it as an artist there. Sure. Which in L.A. pretty much everyone is involved in the entertainment industry in one way or another so it's rough New York has a little bit more of a diverse career path situation but um, it's incredibly poetic and um, really punches me in the feels it just has this beautiful beautiful opening piano it's very simple and uh, I get emotional James got hugged during the song mm-hmm. he got hugged and he handled it like a champ. Sure did. And by a champ, I mean like a cat that does not want to be held. <laughs> and too bad. <laughs> cat. You're getting, you're getting felt. You're getting feels <laughs> That's happening. I know I come across as a strong woman, but even I need emotional support sometimes. And my emotional support whiskey just wasn't cutting it in that <laughs> moment. I really needed a hug. Come across. Yeah, okay. Um, what's up? You, Little Miss Emotions. Yeah, okay. I think I handle them very well. But in that moment, I was like, I absolutely, this whiskey is just not going to be enough. I absolutely need. It's probably making it a little worse. If I'm not going to be hugged, I need to hug. My cat is at home. There's James. It's happening. Uh, But this song really gets me um, because it really does it like it's a sort of mixture of, you know, the, the, the sort of like decadent beauty of L.A., but also just kind of how dirty it can be Mm. and how it can really like, you know, like I said, run you ragged, run you down. And um, he sings about it so matter of factly and just walking away from it. It it sound the song is like it's as if it's like a breakup. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's he's okay with the breakup. But like there are these lines in it that just like and I'm going to I'm going to pull those up because my God, um, 
like, well, you carried us in broken dreams like a mother does her sons. We were scattered across your dirty streets. We were dying one by one. Seriously, so many dreams go to Los Angeles to die. Mm. I'm sorry to, to put it that way, but there's that, that trope of like the girl from the Midwest who goes to LA to be a movie to star and is like totally taken advantage of and goes back to the Midwest like just ruined by the experience. Like LA can be, can be monstrous, but then it can be so beautiful. Like mm. if you ever... You know, go up to like Laurel Canyon, whatever. If you're like by the Hollywood sign and you're looking down on L.A., my God, it's just like city, but also desert. It's so lovely. Um, And there's, yeah, the line like you held us in your city lights when our eyes had lost the stars. Like when we kind of lost our inspiration. Damn, that's a good line. Shit. (laughs) Yeah. And you held us in your city lights when our eyes had lost the stars. You know what I mean? And it's just like going back and seeing those lights to sort of reinvigorate yourself and be able to like keep going in a city that's just so tough. And then it goes on to say, and we made our peace with lonely nights and you healed our broken hearts. And then the fucking line that's just like the true gut, gut puncher. He says, well, they say the big one, and that's capital B, just capital O. Well, they say the big one's going to come, and you'll fall into the sea. We will know then that your work is done, and your angels will go free. Like, he's basically wishing death on Los <laughs> Angeles for California to break off from an earthquake. And I had said... <laughs> If California does break off into the ocean, this song, this song, out of all the songs about Los Angeles, this song is its funeral song. Yeah, I disagree. It's not joyous enough. And that's what makes James a bad person. <laughs> that's what makes James a bad well, when, person. When our boy Kevin leaves, which is coming soon, then then I'll, I'll carry then you Then you're last. okay with California breaking oh, man, off that, into the sea. That dystopian, but that, like, that line, though. the big one's gonna come and you'll fall into the sea we will know then that your work is done like he is like basically like foreshadowing the death of that city it's so wild is it supposed to sink or just float away oh no well because it's on yeah i mean it's on that fault line so technically would it sink or just float i don't know it's going become question. an island. No, it's definitely not going to become an island. Like he, the, the Earth's mantle doesn't just work that way. Like. I don't know how the Earth's <laughs> mantle works. James, why don't you tell me how the Earth's <laughs> mantle works? Please. It's on a fault line. Like that's not gonna just, it's probably going to break off and like fall into the sea or some shit like that. So then but it sinks. It's going to be a big-ass earthquake. So it sinks. Supposedly. God. See, guys, this is why I love Peter Bradley Adams is because he actually like put this line in a song and nobody knows about it because it's sung so beautifully. You don't realize the sort of like death and destruction and horror that he's communicating in just four fucking lines. Oh, my God. This song. It's just so, so, so. You guys, please, if you do anything after this podcast if you do nothing else just go to spotify whatever music service you're using itunes i don't give a shit look up the song los angeles by peter bradley adams i promise you it is one of the most beautiful like heartbreakingly beautiful songs ever written and we saw it live sure did that's what kills me it's just like i've listened to this recording again and again and then I got to see it live. Like, 
right in front of me. That is so, do you ever have that feeling where there's a song you love so much and then you go to the concert, like I'm hearing it done in front of me by the person who wrote it. Probably you, the last time for that. Does it ever just strike you? Last, last time for that, Sleepyhead. You mean that was the last time you felt that way? True, probably, yeah. That was like months and months and months ago. Well, you mean before Tame Impala? Well, it's like a, a, as much as I love Tame Impala, like Sleepyheads, like as a song, is like a real. You listen to it again, real and again deep and again. in me. You know what I mean? That was like one of the first songs that you know, outside of like some classic rock stuff, that was like one of the first modern songs, one of the first bands that it really that like emotionally affected me, mm-hmm. truly, truly. So yeah, every time I've seen that twice now, and that's still like a very, very moving thing for me to see. Was that the song that I saw you get emotional on? Or was that a different Passion Pit song? Oh, that was uh, well, that was because that album opens with fucking Make Light, which is you know a gut punch. Well, what song was it? Make Light. Oh, okay. Yeah, on that album. But Sleepyhead is also one that's like in your. Yeah, bones. that's probably that's probably like even deeper into my DNA. Yeah, yeah. So to like hear these songs like that you have listened to again and again that have moved you and you hear them live, like it's just. I don't know, guys. It's just an experience that I I can't. And I love theater. Don't get me wrong. I really do. Like I was raised on it. But the thing about theater is usually I don't really with a couple of exceptions, like when I became obsessed with Rent before seeing Rent, you know, maybe there are some others where a song is in your bones and you see it done live. But then again, when it comes to a concert, it's not just I love this song and I'm seeing it live. I'm seeing it performed by the person who wrote it yeah yeah it's got the meeting it It came from them them. there's like literally nothing like that unless it's like maybe i don't know like hamilton or something and you're seeing lin-manuel miranda because he like wrote it Mm. you know what i mean but like usually like this is not an experience that you have outside of live music and music just hits your brain like there is this book i would say i recommend it to you but honestly i think it drive you crazy but it's called this is your brain on music and it is very very cerebral It's very cerebral and it's tough to get through, but it really like explains like if you ever just want to know what what's happening what's to going your on brain, in my very head at most days. It will explain that like why music, where it hits us in our brain, why it affects us the way it does, and why like certain chord progressions uh, feel I've done good. A bit of research about that. Good yeah. and oh, sure, organic sure. to us that do not feel good to people in who are raised in the eastern part of the world, and mm. why certain chord progressions like you know for people who are raised on ragas or whatever. Chinese music is called I'm sorry I don't know mm. but their chord progressions are very, very different very, from absolutely. ours and that feels very like organic to them because they've been listening to it since they were babies oh, of course but our chord progressions no, they've been listening to it for thousands of years right <laughs> like, but you know what I'm saying it's like more than so it's that. really interesting uh-huh. how certain chord progressions hit people you know in the eastern part of the world and those work for them and then western music the way it works mm. for us it's just really fucking cool but yeah I mean I just I'm watching this and I'm like I don't want this to end and I was like, and I'm one with one of my best friends and I'm seeing Aww. this and it's like, and, and, and it's right there in front of me, you know, and, uh, and I have whiskey, you know, and it was just kind of like, I, I don't want this to end, mm. but it does end. It does end. So then after that, <laughs> so the next song is, so the next, so the, so after that song, this was kind of funny. So we got to see a little bit of, uh, Anthony's personality here. Mm. where uh, they were trying to tune. He, I could tell he was having some issues here and there with like tuning the guitar, th- you know, and Ooh, he goes. No, no, no. It's, I mean, it's just the style, that kind of folk. Like they're just changing tuning constantly. Okay, so he's yeah. messed with the guitar a lot. And then he goes, uh, 
we could really use some guitar text maybe. And he's uh-huh. like, maybe for the 30th anniversary. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> a little bit of snark there, which is funny because the 30th anniversary for Peter Bradley, Ad- I mean, listen, he's only been a solo ex since, since 2005, so you do the math. Well, this is a one. That's when he album. became active, but he was in a uh, duo before that. I see. He went solo in 2005, so that was kind of a funny remark. Yeah. The next song was Keep Us. And... um. You know, again, I would say uh, at this point, I was like, um, I'm trying to find a name for the term for when my brain sort of shuts off. We talked about this before to where uh, I'm not like fully intellectually, like cerebrally engaged and I'm just kind of lost in it. Hypnotism. So I'm not going to call it. I got carried. I'm get, I got, ah, I got it's carried. It's a good term. That's my turn. So at this point, I was carried. I got carried yeah. away. No, sorry. But I got <laughs> carried by this point, and uh, so I couldn't tell you much about the song. It's not what I'm particularly familiar with. But again, the lyrics really strike me. And though the ground may shake and we'll think we've had enough, we must raise our flags for the ones we love. Isn't that like a beautiful visual? I like that, yeah. You know? Very artistic. Yeah. Got a good head for it. Yeah. Hit punches me right in the feels so um yeah this one i just couldn't he just puts things so elegantly this one was the one i leaned into and i was like this is reminiscent of an like an irish folk song to me yes there's yes. a lot of that oh was there something at this point because we're like eight songs deep was there something you wanted to say about anthony da costa that you were gonna say at the beginning something funny or are we well, not quite there no, yet? no no it wasn't uh wasn't anthony da costa i already mentioned the thing that i wanted to say about him it was and i believe it was the, the song after this where uh Peter Bradley Adams made that joke. What was the joke? Uh, I imagine about it, was- it being a uh, a song that he still plays. Yeah. Was it that next one? Um, I think he said something like. So I, I remember that. I remember what he said. I can't remember when he said it. So go. I, I, I believe it was, it was the one after set. this. Uh, so basically, he mentions again that uh, you know, Rockwood had had been a place that he'd gone to quite a bit. Uh, and it was like an important. Yep. This next song is 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 uh, the first time he performed it was at Rock. Yeah. Okay. So okay. he goes. So he goes. Uh, you know, I've performed a lot of songs for the first time here, and he goes, at a lot of those songs I never performed again, which was a good little line. It was a good acknowledgement that you know sometimes you write shitty songs. But then he goes, but this this isn't one of them. So that was you know this was the song that he played was one that he had debuted here at Rockwood and was one of many's, but this one actually stuck around. So this is good timing. This one was uh, Hey Believers. Um, so yeah, again, this song was first performed in, um, the space we were in. Wow. Um, melodically again, I was kind of just lukewarm on it, but again, incredibly, incredibly poetic, you know, um, I don't believe what you believe. There is no savior that I can see like clearly about reckoning with religion and Mm. faith. The, the sense that I get from this song personally, is it someone that has done so many bad things that they're just like, I'm not even worthy of it. Either I'm not worthy of it or I'm not interested in it. It doesn't square with me. I couldn't quite, quite tell, but you know, again, like deeper themes like this, I, I love. So, um, that was a good one. Then we had um, My Arms Are Always Around You, which you said was uh, like That's one. currently the number one on popular, but it is not the most streamed by about, you know, only seven and a half million. Okay. Um, so with this one, I don't know if I like pulled this song up or not, My Arms. Well, yep, I got it. Um, this, uh, you know, it was a love song. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Oh, I love this. Just say to me, you'll be the fool this time. You'll take my place for a little while. Mm. Like, you look at this man, it's Sweet like, wine. have you ever been the fool? But I guess he is, and like behind closed doors. Um, oh, it's just, it's just so, it's just so, to, let's go back to the days beneath the northern lights, you know, when we dance so free like a little child. It's just sweet. And my arms are always around you. Swoon. I couldn't help but think about how this one would have been really good with a female vocalist, if I was being completely honest. Mm. Not that not that Anthony didn't do a good job, but it was just like, you know, it would make this one real good, like that. So yeah, I really I really like that one at this point. Um, then uh, we had uh, I may not let go uh, on the heels of my arms always around you. So Peter Bradley Adams really likes uh, holding things oh sure oh, like he likes no. holding things close not me not not all things sorry <laughs> but other people um at this point he also said he's working on a record that hopefully comes out this year and of course our uh resident sidekick anthony DaCosta, the comedian says oh it'd been funny if you just said hopefully this comes out uh-huh yeah, yeah. it's good <laughs> he's a funny guy i really like would it. like to see him live sure he, this might he i might feel like a, i feel like he's up there as like a tall tall trees where we don't realize just how good this guy that we saw is you know he might be a kind of folk act that you enjoy because i have a sense that just from his body movements and that kind of thing he's going to be a little bit more of animated yeah. animated like something that you would really enjoy Maybe so should listen to him, let's yeah. look him up and see if he's doing any shows especially since he's local and then his final song was um, For You. And um, this is just like a, uh, a sweet love song. Um, one of the more popular ones. It's just really pretty. It's like uh, if your dreaming ever wakes you and you find your dreaming wasn't true, wipe the sleep from your eyes, leave the nightmares behind, and I'll dream a better dream for you. Oh, swoon. I just swooned. I just yeah. fell backwards. <laughs> it's just like, who's he singing this to? And like, what do I, <laughs> what do I have to, what do I have to be? That's what I gotta know. Um, absolutely, just a, a, a beautiful finish. Um, it was a good ending. You know, yeah, I think it sort of things. blended in with the song before it a little bit. I can't really, you know, speak much to it melodically. But when you just listen to the words that he sings and and and, and that sort of. Um, uh, with the restraint that he shows, it's just, it's almost maddening. You're just like, please let loose. And he like, does it like guys who come too quiet. It's like that. Oh, I might cut that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I just this guy's, this guy really puts you in a the mood there, huh? <laughs> I think he comes quiet. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't. Maybe that's when he roars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is why my family doesn't listen. Um, anyway, so afterwards, uh, so the show was wrapped up. The show was done. This was about an hour set. Um, and, uh, I really wanted to meet this guy because mm. like I am genuinely a fan of his music. It wasn't just like, now, actually I forgot to really ask how long have you been listening to him? Since like 2000, I try to remember that Joe's pub show was cause I remember I saw him right after I found out about him. It had to have been, I mean, it was like. We put it to you this way, somewhere between 2010 and 2013. Okay, so you're a pretty early adopter. Yeah, somewhere yeah. between somewhere between 10 and, and 13. And um, I really wanted to specifically, 
I wasn't going to get into it with them. Be like, so what was the inspiration behind? How can I be like her? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, you know, like I wanted to talk to him about like Los Angeles specifically. I was like, I'm not going to do it because that's just like you can't you can't eat up someone's time. Well, the guy in front of me certainly didn't mind eating up his time because I'm waiting and this guy is talking. Yeah. And he's fucking talking and he would not fucking stop talking he would not stop fucking talk stop fucking talking and i'm standing Plus you there. were like fourth in line really well he the first what this was before you came over yeah the, it was just this other guy and me and peter is trying to like wrap up his equipment whatever and this guy's going on and on and on and i'm standing there and i was like at this point you know my edible had kicked in so like that means my intensity is kicked in when i'm like focused, focused. on something yeah and i get very, so i was like oh my god i am staring and i'm being like i'm putting out that in presence and this is like this guy it's really weird cuz he's like super intense on stage but then like when he's off he just seems like like a a, a, a trembling little lamb you know <laughs> That's just like you might be like <laughs> you might be fantasizing a little bit here, Mar. Like no, but seriously, like trembling little doe, because it was just like his energy softens like the second he's done singing, and um, you know, I mean, you see that sometimes with like metal singers, like super badass on sure, stage, and they, they come they off, off like, hey teddy man, bear. what's going on? No. You know, um, I don't know. I think James Murphy might be kind of like that, like super intense on stage, and then in life he's just like, hey. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he had this real soft energy and this guy keeps talking and then he goes to the guy, he sees me standing there the whole time and I'm being told, I realize like I'm being weird. Um, but I, I really want to talk to him and, uh, and then he's just like, oh, I have to wrap up my shit. So he kind of couldn't talk to me cause he had to get his stuff off stage. So then you came back oh, and okay. then what happened was those girls came up to talk to him. Mm. And so they're going on and on and on and on and on and on. Now he's off the stage. So now it's like the stuff is off the stage. So now he can talk with these girls going on and on and on. And I was like, oh my God. And then that next girl comes up and she's going on and on and on and on and on. About yeah. She's like selling some magazine or something. And I was just like, yeah. no. And then I was just like okay i i have enough and so now at this point i'm i am now the sixth person that he's probably talked to he doesn't want to talk to anyone like not anyone um and i'm talking to him you were there about how Mm -hmm. much i love los angeles and how that song speaks to me and how poetic i find it and how i saw him at joe's pub and he kind of remembered that show he's like oh wow that was a while ago i was like yeah and some girls at the table in front of me totally ruined it so i had to come see you again Mm. um but he was kind of looking at me like he was like a deer in headlights like just get me out of here yeah and he was like gracious and and, like kind and i'm sure he appreciated but i could tell that he was also like i just don't want to like i'm yes thank you Uh, thank you i'm glad that you liked me you know and i'm just like i've been waiting 10 years for this maybe 10 years close to it plus i think i think those two girls in the front were drained him and uh oh do you think he was into them or do you (laughs) know they did start going to the back there and he said that he'd be back there too so oh Um, so he wanted to get moving on i think that's a possibility i don't know i could be reading too much into it i don't see that he's married or anything online so Oh, wow. So they were looking to hang out. Okay, I gotcha. Um, Yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, they thought he was hot, and I've been following him for 10 years, so in my mind, I win. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, Because he's so much more than that to me. He's so much more to me than Peter. You're so much more to me than a a piece of meat. Recognize me. (laughs) I know I'm an intense person. I know. I just, I am moved by your music, and honestly... I can only really say that about a third of the acts we've covered at most. I was going through like all of the the acts that we have done. I was like, maybe like close to 10 of these have like a song that moves me to tears. Maybe. And he's one of them. Uh, 
So, yeah, Mountain Goats, The Rapture, Kishibashi. Like, you're in good company, sir. I promise you I'm not what crazy. What moves you to tears from The Rapture? The, the grace of your love. That moves you to tears? Okay, yeah, I guess. It but. does. You know, I, I really, really am quite wowed by these girls that are just like, come hang out with us. I always feel like I'm imposing in a way. Do you mm, know what I'm saying? To, to be like, hey, come hang out with me, star that probably has a million friends here. And like, well, they got that back bar that, that any, I think just about anybody could go hang out with. So I think it was more like they're saying, hey, we're going to be back here, you know? Oh, okay. More of a But I feel like it's hint. so presumptuous because it's like, why would he want to hang out with me? No. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know if he wants to. Shoot your shot. You know what I mean? I guess. Yeah. You know, you're right. I need to be better. That's kind of what about, I'm saying. I need to be better about that because it's just kind of like, I always feel like such an asshole. Like, who am I to tell you yeah. that I'm hanging out? Why would you I'd want like to, to do that, especially with some like the more local bands that we, we've kind of got to know a little bit where you could just be like, hey, man, do you guys want to grab a drink after the show or some shit? Like, well, we did it once. We did. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> In the van. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, General, but that's you had a relationship with that. Band. Yeah, they knew you know me. I mean? they, yeah, I'd be, I I've been seeing them for a long time. Like, I would have felt weird about asking like some of the bands that I've, um, you know, come to talk to after the show and being like, "Hey, come hang out." Like I feel like, and I feel like I'm imposing in a way. Like they must have better things to do than hang out with my ass. Yeah, I don't, and I don't some really girls th- are just like, I don't hang really out. think that's. I don't, well, that's the thing. It's like I don't really think it's imposing to just shoot your shot and just be like hey listen like i'm gonna hang out at this bar afterwards and you know maybe yeah. if you want to see if you want to hang out afterwards yeah maybe i'll try i, that. I feel like that's what they were doing uh, but in like a very flirty and suggest suggestive way you know uh-huh. which i think helps their cause no certainly but um yeah i mean i guess I, I don't know i'm gonna give that a shot sometime just just to see and not necessarily in the you know sort of wink wink contacts that they were you know maybe no just straight up but like just i just like, want to hey, get to know you a little bit and you know have if a drink you want to hang you. out i'll be yeah. i'll be in the back you know whatever um but uh yeah so overall um my only disappointment was me not shooting my shot we were you really hungry 100% though 100 of the shots you don't take but yeah honestly we were pretty hungry we really were both hungry. of us had, a, had like he agreed. wasn't gonna come to katz's deli no right which you're burying the lead there we went to katz's deli afterwards which uh is so fucking did bomb. i bury the lead so bomb how did i bury the lead well i was gonna be like and then afterwards we went to katz's deli oh well, i just bomb. said it right before you yeah she beat me and um you took that away from me i've had the pastrami i've never had the bi- the brisket oh so delicious it's right around the corner yeah. I went the classic corned beef there. And we met some tourists. We should have given them stickers to our yeah, podcast. Smart. I know. <laughs> That's a thing. It's but just we're like, too hungry to think. I'm still sort of like, uh, you know, figuring out that sort of like uh, dynamic between sort of like letting people know about the podcast and like when it's a good time and like when not to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but we'll get there. Anyway, so overall, I'm really happy with this show and uh, I want to see Peter Bradley. It's probably going to be a while before I can catch him again. Uh, but I'll certainly be keeping an eye out for him. And I would say, you know what, if you want to just listen to some like, you know, truly beautiful, chill, laid back folk kind of music, check this guy out. Like again, it's really great. I think it's really great date music um, or by yourself. Please don't go in a group and talk the whole time. And the same could be go said with just, like one person. The same could be said just for Rockwood. Yeah. yeah in general, just as, like a place to go. Just check it out. Why yeah. not? It's fun. And like I said, you can catch all kinds of acts. Mostly ne- low key, Never really you know never who know. you're going to catch there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's our rack. Uh, I got a good question. Oh, yeah. We need a Twitter question. Yeah, I got a good question. Uh, What song 
that uh, what song did you hear live that moved you the most? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, because I guess we both answered that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Here's the spiel. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit and Facebook at High Decibels Pod. I remember Thank this you. time. Yeah. For clips, picks, discussions, and more. Also, look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and subscribe, follow, rate, and review. And again, uh, if you know anybody that might be interested in, in what we talk about or interested in music in general, likes to go to concerts, might share some of a, uh, might might just want to know what's going on in any kind of different scene in New York City, please, please, please share us with them. Uh, we'd just love to get a couple more followers and a couple more streams. Yeah, and again, if you're an artist and, and you want to talk to us, like we're totally down for that. Too. Hell yeah, that let's make out. friends. All right, guys. Do you want to close this out with Los Angeles? Yes, we do. Let's do it. Oh, yeah, this is High Decibels Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. At the setting of your skies And as we leave the comfort of your ground With your angels